Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak, joined today again with our executive director, Eric Vasquez. So Eric, can you just catch us up on what you've been up to lately and so that the viewers and everyone can just hear what you've been doing? And then we'll dive into our conversation for today. Sure. It's an exciting time for the organization. Um, you know, we've just been growing and uh, advancing our mission. Um, hot off the press, our, our mission statement is, is simply that we mentor at Promise Youth to be better students, better people, and better leaders. And that vision has been moving forward. And because we've been in the city, um, in the cities that we serve and the rural places that we serve for so long, we're starting to see that um, realized and fulfilled. So it's a very exciting thing. And our team is growing and our influence is growing. Uh, one of the things that we've kind of started to work on is just impacting things at a policy level with advancing particular bills that are um, going to impact our students at a, at a higher level, right? And, and then we've been able to advance our own initiatives with housing issues with our transitional age youth and, and really grinding through that, uh, that completely virtual space for a while that the pandemic has caused. And then coming out of that more excellent, just well-versed around the types of interventions that we can provide and how we leverage technology. And I just feel right now, too, the culture of the organization is, is dope. It's better than it's ever been. And I really credit that to our HR manager and team, our leadership, um, and then, of course, our dynamic staff who are the heartbeat of our organization yeah so that there's been a lot going on man yeah and for those who don't know justice Reef it was ranked um as a great place to work recently which is awesome to see that um our staff feel at home with us as an organization and love the work that we are doing um so like i want to jump us into our conversation you and i have been talking the last couple of days and this conversation came up um with you and it's all around this concept of becoming jaded I know a lot of times, because um, we're in the work, we're in the trenches dealing so much with the trauma of the youth, and then on the outside, people just want to like come and then leave, um, and it's hard at times and it, to not feel jaded towards people, and I kind of want you to just share um, what we were discussing the other day, and, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, Paul, um, he called me the other day. And I, I could tell something was bothering him. And he's like, hey, man, I got a question for you. How do you not get jaded in this process of, of leading in the urban space? There's just so much stuff going on. And uh, so many people who are disconnected from the reality of the struggle that is happening in, in our backyard, if you would, right? And I just kind of stopped what I was doing. And I, I took a breath and I just... I resonated with that because over all these years, you know, it's been 16 plus years now that I've been here, at least in my hometown, city of Pomona, um, where I've had to work through those feelings at several, you know, benchmarks of my experience as a leader here at Justice for Youth. And uh, I, I began to kind of bullet point like, man, here's a handful of things that you can do. I told them a story about um, how recently... I was in two different, I had been called to, to speak at two different court um, situations where I had to get on the stand and, you know, I was, you know, having to 
in one case, I was having a witness and share about communication I had had with um, one of our youngsters, and it was a serious situation. Another one was about um, kind of defending the integrity of the organization, and it just got messy. And then, you know, here in the community, there's always like political play going on and, and different tensions. And right now, uh, right after the, the George Floyd murder and then the verdict, there's a heightened sense of that in our community because there's a trust gap that exists between the community. So there's a lot of like political movement, activist movement. Um, you know, CBOs are trying to find their way, nonprofit, CBOs, community-based organization, trying to really find their place, find their way, uh, stay true to their values. And then you work, then me and Paul, even though we're uh, leaders of the organization, Paul being the director of operations and, and me being um, the executive director, we're still very much uh, connected to kids. And uh, because we work out of the office here and there, we're always around kids. And we hear the stories and, and live them out. And it's frustrating, man. It's not easy. Um, so one of the things I told him, the story I had told him was recently I had been feeling like that the same way. And what helped me was a colleague of mine connected me to a dude. Um, I'll just throw his name out there, man. Blinky Rodriguez. People who are listening probably know this cat. Legendary um, uh, youth worker and advocate. He's a big name on the MMA tip. Like early on when nobody was doing it, he started all these gyms for, for hood kids. And man, he's been through it. Uh, and he's already 67, right? So I'd never met him. Somebody linked me to him, Danny Prescott from San Gabriel Valley Conservation Corps, because Danny had been seeing some of the pain I had been going through. He's like, you should talk to this cat. And bro, after I talked to him, I just felt so much better. And I told Paul, like, dude, you got to connect with somebody who's gone through the fire and who will know your struggle intimately and help like walk you through it right and kind of lift you up and give you perspective and then another thing i was telling him was to kind of slow down and and reconnect our hearts to the students and their stories and their faces and never lose touch or sight of the suffering and the pain that is happening which causes us to pick up our our weapon and fight the fight if you would right like we, we can't forget, you know, in the busyness of our lives and world, why we're even in this. And I, I told him, you know, there's this, there's this, uh, you know, I'm a person of faith. So there's this theological framework um, from some cat and, and he, Frost is the author and he, he calls it Bells. And one of the, the E stands for eating with people, right? That he encourages folks as a rhythm to eat with somebody, three people, um, every week. And I was just saying like, that's a rhythm I've adopted where I eat with a young person once a week. And when I just do life with them and hear their stories, I'm like, oh, it reconnects my heart. And then there's a handful of other things, but I want to kind of hear yeah. from you, Paul. How did that? Well, no, like it, it definitely hit me. And like, I never really lost the connection of the kids. Like for me, it's a lot of times it's the jadedness from outside communities. Um, like they, they want to say that they're doing great things with like minimum amount of effort. It's, um, it's the idea of they, they want to stand out in the public in the lights and say, like, look how great I am. But in the darkness, it's just 
they're another person not doing what they're out in the in the community doing. And it kind of just reminded me, I was listening to this podcast this morning, um, and they were talking about that. It's like you have to show your work. Um, and our in our community throughout throughout the world, a lot of times people just don't want to show the work and they just want the results. And and I know I can't base like I don't and I don't base our kids off of those individuals and those people. But you mentioned something to me yesterday um, that really resonated with me. And it was just because that's what they are desiring. It's also our job, even though that's what they want. They want that limelight. They want to be in the spotlight. But we need to bring them into the darkness and see the true desire and the true issues and what's really going on to reconnect them to the heart of it. And uh, you, you brought this word that's, that's flying around all the time right now is it's that privilege right they have the privilege to not to be in the darkness and it's our jobs to bring them to the darkness and to the dark spots that um they they want the accolades without ever really doing the hard work without showing their work um and that that really helped me to reclassify and rethink of how i i look and how i want to interact because yes i get it you know, everyone wants to look good. Um, and sometimes people want to do the minimum amount of work to get the most out of most returns on investments. And naturally, that's not always the case. And us as youth workers, a lot of times we're the mediator. We're the in-between from those people who want that and and those who don't have. And we, we need to connect them and bring them together and in unison and allow them to see each other because exposure is important, right? I want my kids to be exposed to these people so that they could see what they could become. Um, they, that promise that is instilled in them that they could reach these high feats that they, they never thought were possible. But it's also bringing that challenge of for those who just want to be in, like tippy toes in, putting their feet just in the water. You know what? I got to walk with them. I got to be with them. I got to teach them how to swim in the deep end and work with the kids and get to understand. And that really helped. Um, I know it's a battle daily to just think about because it's easy to just be carried away by my emotions. Like, oh man, bump this food. Like he just wants this because it makes him look good. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's that constant battle that I'm dealing with. Yeah. I think something else that kind of comes to mind when we're talking about all this is like, I mean, let's just use your story as an example. We were just talking about this. Like, you started as a volunteer here yeah. at the organization, and then you moved to uh, a program supervisor because I saw, you know, the gifts and the skill set you had. And then from that, you moved to director of operations, and now you're managing the entire organization. You have, at this point, I think you're at closer to about 90 direct report, like yeah. not directly to you, but you manage managers who yeah. are overseeing folks. And I'm saying all that to say those nonprofit leaders, leaders in the community that are listening to this, in time, over the years, your positions will advance and grow and change. And what matters most is to remember that we we will have eventually a seat at the table if we're consistent and integral and we move out of our values. And we, as Paul's um, referring to, we will also have influence. We'll be in a place of influence. And if we allow ourselves to get jaded, it will distort that influence and that position. And we can easily succumb to that, you know, greater negative culture, if you would, that blinds us from the true issues that are happening in our community that we've actually been tasked 
to tackle and to, to impact. So I, I just want to share that, you know, just know that there was this one stage where I, I was just seen as a young, dumb, you know, cat that didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, nobody listened to me and I was saying the same things, you know, 16 years ago, bro. But now all of a sudden, like people are listening, you yeah. know, and I can steer a conversation back towards the heart of the issues that are happening to have that influence. Yeah, it just... It's the teaching of, like, you can't just burn your bridges, right? You can't just destroy them. And that's who I am at my core. Like, I don't want to burn bridges. Like, I'm always about people and having connections. But I remember at one point, I was like, dude, like, screw it. Let's just light this thing on fire and burn it. But I was like, I know I can't. And yeah. um, knowing those things and knowing, like, for me and having that conversation with you really brought the intention back onto me and know, like, I was having these feelings out of emotions, right? These are feelings. And, and emotions is, is a great feeling. It, it shows you where you're at. But making decisions based on emotion isn't necessarily always the best. And um, having that conversation kind of like brought me back and allowed me to understand and remind me, it's like, Paul, like, pump your brake, bro. Like, it's good to feel this way. It shows that you're there. But, you know, you can't make these, these decisions based on that feeling and that emotion. And Because, yes, like, it's going to eliminate the situation but the long-term effect and the negative effect it would have not just on me but on the community that we serve would be great and that's ultimately not in something that i want to do yeah and last thing i'll say um on this topic is that when you become jaded you begin to silo mm -hmm. and trust me from someone who has siloed for many years early on yeah um your influence will be minimal and like at, here at Justice for Youth, we have like a series of values that one of them being like excellence and collaboration and, and justice and, you know, all these other things, compassion. Like when all that comes alive and in me, I think we have to um, work in a way that avoids that siloing so that everybody's valued, youth are cared for. And there is a unified front at some level in the communities in which you run in to advance the mission, you know? So, yeah, that's the last thing I want to kind of share. No, no I think that's good because um, it, it's easy. Um, it's easy to just like, hey, give me this. I could do it better and just do it. Um, let me just get it done and put your head down and grind, which is it, it's a good thing to know how to work and have good work ethic, work ethic and getting things done. Uh, but if you want the more impact that you want, the more impact you're trying to pursue, uh, you have to delegate and collaborate and work with others. And we can't be stuck in silos. And I know that's, that's a battle I have sometimes, which is rare because I normally don't have that issue. Uh, but it, over time it, it's kind of been creeping up on me. Um, and it was a, it was a good reminder and, and I'm thankful that I have someone I could confide in and have these conversations with like Eric. Um, and so Something that he mentioned too that I would encourage um, for anyone out there if you're you're struggling through this you know reach out you know we have you have us here or uh, I remember one of our mentors is Larry Acosta he mentioned like you need to heal you need that self care that's that soul care and you get that by having conversations with people and, and building and picking up, you know, at times that hundred pound phone and making a phone call and just having that conversation because otherwise it's just draining on you and instilling these thoughts that 
don't need to be there and just having a simple conversation could just alleviate those stresses and those issues. Um, so if, if you ever want to reach out, um, you know, you can follow us on our social media, Just Us for Youth, um, ju4y.org, um, you know, send us messages. We're always there. We want to connect with our community, care about them, and uh, we'd love to have your feedback. Leave us reviews um, so that more people could hear this because now it's not just making an impact on your life, but it can make an impact on others' lives. Um, so uh, thank you so much for joining us this month and see you guys uh, next month.